Welcome to the Unlearn Yourself Podcast. This is the place to discover and remember yourself as you unlearn who you have been taught to be. We will explore who your true self is by diving into your inner world and creating the most empowering, aligned, and free relationship with you and your life. Starting the podcast at four four four. Can I ask you for a question first to break the ice? Yes. Why am I on your podcast? Well, I was thinking about the conversations I wanted to have, and one of the things that I know that has been such a game changing thing for me is in relationships. They're such a big part mm-hmm. of life. And we've been together for nine years. So it just made sense to talk about conscious relationships because I feel like we have a really unique, a different perspective on relationships. We've learned a lot over the past nine years. And I wanted to talk to you about our journey as a couple, but just everything that you've learned by being in a relationship with me about yourself mm-hmm. and about what it takes to have a help, happy, healthy fulfilling relationship so that's why i asked you to be on the podcast okay makes sense yeah yeah okay so just to break the ice a little bit okay so so thanks for doing this of course are you excited excited nervous okay so i just want to ask you i already know this but i thought it'd be fun to hear it from your own mouth is what words would you use to describe yourself i would say that i am Excessively kind, excessively compassionate, and I think honestly just very curious. I find myself to be a very curious person. I think over these years, that would have been a much harder question to answer. Hmm. But interestingly enough, I think... You know, I I know we'll get more into it as we go, but over the past year especially, I I have I've found to have a lot of words to describe myself. Yeah. Whereas before it would have been describing what others thought about me. Mm. But now it's more of actually asking myself, well, who am I? Yeah. Which is quite a shift for me. Yeah. Yeah. How come? Because I think just because I spent most of my life living for others, acting for others, being what others thought I should be, mm-hmm. who I should be. And I think over the last year and through a lot of things in our relationship, I had to sort of discover myself. Yeah. And let go of all that attachment to the people around me. And it's been tough. It's mm-hmm. been a difficult road. But I feel much better. Mm-hmm. Because I think being able to answer such a simple question feels really good. Mm-hmm. But almost in contrast, not being able to answer a question like that really puts things into perspective. Yeah. 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 I think those are great. Uh, could I add one? Yeah. Unconditionally loving. 
Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. I definitely have learned from you the meaning of unconditional love. Not so much like, here's a theoretical or conceptual meaning of unconditional love, but like a physical, experiential Mm -hmm. meaning Mm -hmm. of unconditional love. I feel like that's what you've given me unconditionally Mm -hmm. in the nine years of our relationship. I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your sun, moon, and rising? Oh, geez. Unlike you, I'm not as expertly knowledgeable about sun signs and everything, but I am a Gemini. I call myself a Gemmy Cancer because I'm one day from being a Cancer. Longest day of the year. And... First day of summer. First day of summer, typically. Um, my rising is Cancer. And my moon is Capricorn, yeah. which I believe is the same as yours. Yeah, my yeah. moon is Capricorn, too. We actually See? both have a lot of Capricorn in our chart. We do. I think four or five. Yeah, I think I have six or seven. Yeah. And you at least have four or five in your chart. Yeah, I think five. Yeah. So we're on the way, same wavelength a lot of the time. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I always embody the Capricorn in me, but it's getting there. Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask you. What does a relationship mean to you? You know, I think the first time you hear that word relationship, most people think of romantic relationships. But I think when I when I sit here and I sort of contemplate what a relationship means, it's a lot more than just a loving relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, a relationship can be what you have with yourself, what you have with an intimate loving partner, what you have with a friend, a pet, a parent, brothers, sisters, strangers. It's all a relationship. To me, a relationship is truly just how you relate to somebody mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a relationship with a rock if you really want. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can. <laughs> but it's just how you relate to that that person or that, that object, I guess. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to just imagine having a relationship with a rock right now. Hey, I mean, you know, <laughs> some people collect rocks or stones that look cool. I mean, technically you're creating a relationship with a rock. Yeah. You know, but I think it's just, it's how you relate to, how you connect with that person. And kind of in a way, how you open up. And how you just connect with that person Mm -hmm. is what a relationship is. Now, that varies, I think, from person to person. You know, the way you're going to, the relationship you have with a friend is going to be different than a relationship you have with your intimate partner or yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say the deepest relationship you could ever have is the one that you have with yourself Mm -hmm. because you can't really filter that one, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. Whereas, you know, with friends or acquaintances or just business partners even, you know, they may not know the whole of you because that's how you're choosing to relate to them. Mm -hmm. So I think relationships are just very, they're very unique Mm -hmm. in this life. Mm -hmm. You know, I think as human beings, we have the ability to relate to a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I think that makes us quite unique in the world. Yeah, I also feel like that everything in our life is a relationship. 
Yes. Right. Our relationship to money, our relationship Mm -hmm. to our spouse, you know, our relationship to our children, our relationship Mm -hmm. to our body, our relationship to the environment, to the earth, to food. Mm -hmm. We're relating with everything around us all the time. And I feel that when you have an understanding and a knowing of yourself your true self, your true identity, you know, that's beyond the perceptions, the ideas, the concepts, the beliefs, mm-hmm. the stuff that you've picked up from all the external stuff. Yeah. When you kind of come home to yourself and you realize who you are, you start to bring more of that authentic expression, authentic self mm-hmm. to all the ways that you relate to the yeah. things that you're in relationship with in your life. Yep. And I think, yeah, I think really important to note, too, is that how we relate to everything really does stem from how we relate to ourselves. Bingo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can speak from experience. I think for so long, because I was so attached to what other people thought of me, that I was relating to everything in my life the way that kind of the way that people thought that I should, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, growing up, I was the nice guy because that's kind of what I was taught and that's what I witnessed with my parents. And so I was just nice no matter what, Mm -hmm. which is good, but that can also lead to just compromising and sacrificing your own needs, your own happiness to be nice. Right. Can I add something here? Mm -hmm. I think I told you this a, a little while ago, that, that difference between nice and kind. Exactly. I think that's very important, especially as parents, to teach our children. Because, mm-hmm. of course, we want our children to be these sweet little bundles of joy that are just so happy and smiling and bringing joy mm-hmm. into other people's lives, too. But telling your child to be nice is basically, like, how I see it, is what you're saying is basically, like, compromise yourself for the sake of somebody else. You know, what What comes up for me is being kind is something that you are. Mm-hmm. Being nice is a way that you act. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Did you just come with that? Sure did. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's how it's been for me, I guess. Yeah. Because being nice was being, it was almost like putting on a show. Like, yeah. yes, I was always kind and I always am and I always will be. But kindness is just something that you are. Being yeah. nice feels like it's it's something that you have to do. Right. Like, oh, we'll just be nice. Right. Even though I may not feel like I should or feel like I want to, we'll just be nice. Yeah, it's like kind of compromising your own expression. Oftentimes in a way. it is. Yeah. Yeah. I like the difference between kindness because it's a genuine who you are it's who you are it's coming from really who you are versus nice is like this is who i should be right i think that's why i used that word as a descriptive word about myself is nice crossed through my brain is to say it (laughs) but i was like no it's not that it's because i'm not i'm not nice i'm kind Kind. yeah yeah that's a great answer (sighs) so let's dive into uh relationships especially intimate relationships okay you know Uh, conscious relationships so what is your meaning of a conscious relationship an intimate relationship yeah yeah we'll we'll keep on this subject for now yeah intimate conscious relationship i think a conscious relationship to me is 
I think it comes down to this fundamental level of understanding each other mm-hmm. and accepting each other as they are while having a focal point of growth. Yeah. I think being conscious is saying, you know, hey, I noticed that we're having some difficulty connecting over X, Y, Z. Let's talk about that and understand what's going on there. Right. You know, whereas in a, in a lot of relationships, I think compromise is used a lot. Yeah. Where like, oh, well, that's just the way they are. Yeah. And yes, I agree that I am different than you are. Mm-hmm. I have different personality traits and that makes me unique. But at the same time, if, if you know, you're really good at recognizing when there's a difference between me being genuinely unique versus me being, um, what's the word, kind of avoiding or unconscious, mm-hmm. you know, in the way that I'm acting. Right. So I think a conscious relationship is just having that connection between each other. Mm-hmm. And understanding that there's something deeper, there's something more there. Right. That we're more than just two human bodies having a good time. <laughs> you know, it's it's something deeper and bigger than that. Like you're connecting with another person on a level that's not it, – it, it's – it's you're – I don't know. It's It's – you're connecting – Beyond the obvious, I guess. Beyond the physical. Yeah. Is what consciousness to me is, you know, just an understanding beyond the physical. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) Um, Good. (laughs) (laughs) uh, If I add something to that, um, I like everything that you said. Uh, For me, like what I've actually come to learn about being in relationship with you, because what we were like 21, we were like... 21 year old college kids we were not at Mm -hmm. all who we are today so it's been amazing to watch you go through this journey of Mm -hmm. growth and expansion and coming more into yourself and vice versa but like my understanding from just being in a relationship for this long i'm realizing that what it takes to make a relationship work is not compromise or communication or I don't like a lot of those other things. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are important, but I feel like you have to understand why you've come into partnership with that person. Right. Like what is the purpose of your relationship? Why are you together? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we've talked about this, like what's the purpose of our relationship and we'll touch base on it here in a little bit. But I, I definitely see like you as a mirror. Right. Right. And it's like, I've chosen the accelerated path to growth by being in a relationship because it will bring up everything, Mm -hmm. like all my triggers, all my wounds, all my issues will come to the surface because that's what I need to know in order to heal. So I'm not dependent on you or using you to fulfill me in any way, shape or form or to complete me. And I think so many people get into relationships with this idea of I'm going to find my better half. This person's my better half and this person completes me. That is such a huge expectation Mm -hmm. to put upon somebody because the minute they 
don't, it just, all your stuff gets surfaced and you're just kind of like, what the hell are they doing? Like, right. why are they not behaving the way I expect them to behave? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the other thing that sort of popped in my mind is that a conscious relationship in order to have a conscious relationship, you have to show up authentically. Yeah. You know, it's, I think that was probably one of the biggest struggles in a long, large part of our relationship together is because I was so fixated on being a version of myself rather than just being myself. Yeah. That it created a lot of confusion. Yeah. And at times turmoil because I'd be showing up differently in different scenarios you know whereas today it's like i'm showing up pretty much the same no matter what yeah and i think our relationship has always been a conscious relationship Mm -hmm. but i would definitely say that like today it's pretty much a fully embodied conscious relationship yeah And like you said something really, really important. A conscious relationship is built on this understanding of growth. Yeah. That is like the bottom line. Mm -hmm. It's like this is going to help me grow and evolve on a soul level. Yeah, you're choosing that. You're choosing this growth. Mm -hmm. And it's going to not be fun. It's going to be messy. It's going to be painful. It's going to be downright hard at times. But it's also going to be the most fulfilling, joyful elevating experience you'll ever have in your entire life too but i think we ha- we both have this basic understanding that we are going to be together to grow and evolve as souls mm-hmm. to complete what we came here to do on earth mm-hmm. and to bring forth who we are and share that authentically yeah um and that has some that has been something we've come to over the years it's not this like we remember we were 21 we didn't know anything <laughs> <laughs> this is something we've come to uh realize and learn and embody over years of trial and error understanding what is it that we wanted from our relationship so my job is to support you in becoming the highest version of yourself right and vice versa yeah that's really important of just understanding that it is about support yeah it is about helping and guiding each other to their cliche best self you know it's you are you are now a part of that yeah you know it's you got to be careful too to you know not come into a relationship being too stubbornly yourself where it's like oh well i don't need your help or i don't need your you know guidance because I know who I am kind of idea. It's like we're always like we're choosing partners in our life to better understand ourselves. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason I chose you as a partner versus you chose me because you knew exactly the qualities that I have, the traits I have, the wounds Mm -hmm. that I have would be exactly that would propel you into growth. Like I know you've had to learn how to – understand how can someone be so emotionally unstable right you know and Mm -hmm. i and i know that now looking at my human design as i have an open solar plexus uh open or open emotional center there you go uh where i'm literally absorbing the emotions of everybody and everything around me like Mm -hmm. a sponge 
where you're defined. Right. So you have a little bit more stability in understanding what emotions are yours and what are not. And understanding that helped me understand, like, I'm not crazy. I'm not emotionally unstable. It's just I'm really, really sensitive to energy. Yeah. And, like, you know, learning that about me has been really helpful for you to know that, Massively. like... Massively. Yeah, like, when I'm in a very heightened emotional state, I tell you to leave. So I walk out now. <laughs> and before, you'd be like, what? Yeah. You'd be, like, offended. It's like, which I'm like, you're like, no, you can't go. And I'm like, I can't go. And I'm like, but you have to. And now you know why. Yeah, because I think that's one of those unique differences in us is oftentimes when you're in an emotionally heightened state you need space space and and whatever quiet maybe alone time to just sort of settle calm down you know reconnect and process where i operate very differently i'm i'm more along the lines of like if i'm emotionally triggered i need to talk it out and then kind of, and then move on. But I move on pretty rapidly. Mm-hmm. So I think oftentimes when we're in a confrontation, it's, you know, you get into a heightened state and it, it takes you a little longer to come down. So I'm already coming down and ready to talk. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're still in the thick of it and need space. And I think that's, that's been a challenge for us. Right. But I've, because, you know, learning you know, human design and, and various other things, I've learned the importance of that. Right. So knowing knowing that if I just give you five, ten minutes of space and then we can come back together, we can reconnect and we can and we can and we can grow from it rather than create more chaos. Right. And I think what's been really helpful is that having like protocol in place for when yep. things like this arise, because I know there's been so many times where we've gone into arguments or we've kind of had conflict conflict happen and we just would spiral. Oh, yeah. And we've learned over the years to to have, OK, what's the structure? What's the format to handle this? Because when you're in those conflicted states, your emotions are so heightened and you're so like charged mm-hmm. and all your wounds are surfaced and you're super triggered and the egos are out to attack each other that you don't really know what to do to to process all of that. Yeah, it's easy to spiral. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know we've we've talked about like we have this basic understanding between each other is that every single time I'm upset, I may think it's because of you or what you did or didn't do, but it's actually because of a wound that is being triggered. Exactly. That I I'm unconscious of, and you as my partner, remember, you're the mirror who's bringing this to the surface mm-hmm. to be like, hey, KP, like, this isn't really about him. So it's actually something that's going on for you. And this is something that you always do to me yeah. now is you're like, when you know, we just had this day, like, happened three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> when you know I'm in, like, one of those, like, like charge, like, just kind of like this raw place. I was in this raw place earlier this week, and everything was just pissing me off and triggering it's a terrible me. day <laughs> and the first question you asked me is like what's really going on yeah and i think i've i learned that over the years i think i think we're still on the conscious relationship question so i feel like just stemming back to that for a moment that's probably one of the most important things about being in a conscious relationship is understanding that that person is a mirror is a reflection and 99.9% of the time there's conflict, it's not because that person did something. It's because there's something going on in me 
that's heightening what's going on. Right. You know, outside. Yeah. That's being triggered. Yeah, because we want to blame. We want to project. It's easy to blame and be like, it's not my fault. It's your fault. I'm mad because of you. But realistically, you're mad because there's something in you. There's fears. There's worries. There's whatever. Anxiety in myself that is triggering. A need. A need. A need that is triggering this heightened state. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and your partner as a mirror is showing yeah. that to you to look at to yourself. And this is the beautiful thing about being a conscious relationship because you become aware that anything that I am affected by by what my partner does or is or whatever is nothing really to do with them. It's everything to do with me. Yeah. And then the person you're in a relationship with comes and becomes a mirror and kind of holds holds your hand and and is like what's really going on? Like, what party is triggered right now? Yeah, I think, like, that was probably one of the most important things that I learned. I think I learned it from you, and then I used it on you, (laughs) in a way. (laughs) Is just, you know, in those times where things are really heightened, and, I mean, I'll call you out for a second. You have a tendency to go to blame. Oh, yeah. Big time. and. I think probably one of the most important things I've learned is that is to ask you those simple questions. Like, what's really going on? Yeah. Like, what are you feeling right now? I usually ask you, what, usually I ask, what are you feeling and what are you thinking? Yeah. Because those two things are pretty much going to tell you what's really going on. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes, you know, sometimes I've done something totally stupid and I totally get it. Yeah. You know, you're upset. Because it does trigger something in you. Other times, you know, it's it's something so small that turns into something huge. Right. And, you know, those are really the key points of being like, okay, well, what's really going on? And It's I not think, really about the socks that are laying on the floor. It's something no, else. It's because the socks laying on the floor reminded you of a way you were treated as a child and a moment. And that a whole experience came flooding back and, you know... You're like experiencing something from 20 years ago that was awful and then somehow taking that into today. And I don't know. I just feel like through that process and being able to ask the right questions and be consciously connected to that person, you're no longer a burden in that situation. You become someone who can actually help. Right. So what would you say when when two people, a couple who is in conflict with each other, there's conflict, right? A partner is triggered or a partner is upset. Mm-hmm. What would you say would be like good, a good way to pro- go through that process that we go through? Like if we could kind of structure it for people. I think probably the most important thing to start with, which which we've learned a little more recently, is... You start off by helping each other understand that you're here, you're listening, and you're available. I think I think oftentimes things get escalated because we feel like we're not being heard. And I think if you can literally start, if one, at least one person, because sometimes, you know, for example, like in our relationship, I, I tend to be much more level-headed yeah. and grounded. Yeah. So even when things are in complete chaos, I'm pretty calm. Mm-hmm. So I'm usually going to be the one to recognize what's going on mm-hmm. and ask the right questions. And so 
maybe first protocol is take a look at yourself and your partner and maybe I don't know set a role maybe of understanding like okay in certain situations this one person might be a little bit more aware and conscious to ask the right questions yeah and I think even before that what comes to mind is that laying this underground like rule is like we're on the same freaking team here right like the, like it's not us against the problem it is i mean it is not me and you against it's not me and you against each other it's us against the problem or Whatever's the issue or whatever on. and i think i think the thing that really really like made a huge shift is when like it was like it's us we're going to do this together this is yeah. us this affects both of us this isn't mm-hmm. just about you it's us and i think that team mentality that us mentality has been super helpful because you're like oh they're on my team they're not trying to attack me they're not trying to like you know they're not they're not trying to hurt me it's just this is bringing up all of this for me but they're still on my team they're still on my side and i think that's been super game-changing yeah i absolutely agree and so i think under starting with that underlying understanding and then you know, recognizing that maybe one person is a little bit more, um, I guess grounded is the word. I'm looking for another word that's just a little bit more aware, even in heightened states. Mm-hmm. And I think then you have to ask the question simply, what's really going on here? Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's hard to see. You know, a question I feel that is really good to Mm. ask, and I know I ask, I've asked you this before, Mm. um, and I ask my clients all the the time when when we're in these heightened, triggered emotional states is, how old do you feel right now? Oh, interesting. Right? Because Mm -hmm. then you can go right back to that time period when that emotion was planted. Because often these are triggers that are coming from a past experience, conditioning, Mm -hmm. parents. Yeah. Siblings, siblings, anything, anything, yeah. that, anything from your childhood. Oftentimes, most things are triggered from that. Yeah, and yeah. then your partner, and you're playing out the same kind of paradigm, the same kind of dynamics with your partner. Yeah, and your partner, who's an amazing mirror for you, is showing mm-hmm. you where it is, and it's coming up to be healed. It's coming up to be released. It's coming up to be looked at. Right. Yeah, that's really good. So I think. I think, yeah, the protocol is kind of to start off by knowing that you're in this together, Mm -hmm. that this is a we, this is an us, you know, and that that goes for anyone. If you're in a relationship and you're having an argument between you, that can be, you know, I know we're talking about intimate relationships, but that can be in a friend relationship too. Understanding that, you know, in an underlying relationship, Understanding that whatever's going on is something, typically something deeper and more than what the surface level is. The issue at hand. So understanding that you're in this together. Helping each other understand that you're here, you're listening, you're available. You know, you're attentive to that person and and what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, someone asking, you know, what's really going on here? Yeah. Like, what are you feeling? Yeah. What are you thinking? What thoughts are coming up right now? Yeah. Because oftentimes 
you know, when we, if we can take a moment, a second and look at our thoughts, we're usually like our, our thoughts that are sort of in the front of our mind are usually about this situation that's going on right here, right now. And if, but if you can take a moment and sort of look beyond those thoughts a little bit, usually you're going to see, oh, I'm feeling thoughts of, 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 you know, not good enough or inadequacy or, or or maybe my, I'm feeling, you know, dumb or, or something like that, you know, and oftentimes those thoughts are not going to be directly related to what's going on. So that's going to, is, is what's going to show you a little bit more of that, that layer of what's really going on. Yeah. That's that consciousness. Yeah. It's, you're, you're bringing consciousness into the relationship yeah. versus going unconscious in your patterns, in your behaviors, in your triggers mm-hmm. that are coming up, like how most people will deal with it. Yeah. And I always like to say is that whenever you're in conflict or whenever you're in an argument with somebody like a partner like we we talk about this it's our egos just like battling it out oh for sure it's like i'm gonna take you down with boxing gloves on and yeah <laughs> yeah and we and we know this paint. we know that anything that um, anything that is coming up that we want to like like that is unloving it's coming from the ego immediately yeah. it's like we want to like cuss you out or blah mm-hmm. blah blah like we don't we don't do that but like you know we know that it's the ego self-talking which is that conditioned self that we all have that's based in like fear and lack and like unloving that like the inner critic right and i think you know when i was talking about those those thoughts that are in the front of the front of the mind that's usually the ego thoughts that's what you try to want to look a little bit beyond and i like to think about this too is because you know okay you're asking these questions and you're you're understanding that you're available and you're in this together and i think Sometimes it's also important to kind of look at where you want to go with the com- with, with an argument, with a conflict, or with a challenge. And I like to look at it as this, because oftentimes when the egos are involved, you're in an argument. Oh, yeah. But I think your goal is to take whatever's going on and bring it back down to a conversation. Yes. If you can get to bring it down to a point where you're getting... A little bit out of that ego, you're you're starting to actually look at what's really going on. Then no longer are you fighting each other. You are now just having a conversation about what's going on. Right, like most people, like we we talk through the emotion. Right. Like we're when the, we're in the experience of the emotion, so we're talking through that emotion. Right. But if we can become aware that hey, I'm actually triggered right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure why I'm triggered. And without this awareness that I'm triggered, we're not open and available to have a conversation. Right. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's important to understand, yeah, what's, what's really going on and being able to bring it back down to a conversation. And I think it's also important to know that, like to understand and learn what works for each other, you know, in our situation, like we said earlier, you know, I'm, I'm much more of a level headed. Let's just bring it down to a conversation right away and talk it out. You know, whereas you have a little bit more heightened energy and you might need a little bit of space in order to get to that conversation phase. So we find that balance between our individual needs, because I think in relationships in conversations we have to prioritize what we're feeling a little bit Mm -hmm. because 
you know, if I'm trying to tell you to talk to me, like, let's just have a conversation, let's bring this down, and I'm forcing that upon you, that's often going to make it worse. Right, it's going to escalate it. You know, and I think, you know, whether you look into human design or horoscopes or just talk to each other about, you know, what works and what doesn't work for you, you can find that balance in your relationship when it comes to conflict, when it comes to even, you know, joy and things that excite you. I mean, it's going to vary a little bit and that's what makes it unique. Yeah. That's what makes your relationship interesting and unique is things that bring me joy and things that bring you joy are often very different. Yeah. And that's great because if, if I know that, you know, I don't know what's what's an what's a good example. If if I know that you love to, I don't know what is what's what's a good one. I mean, we have a lot of joys in common, honey. Oh, I know. I know. I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of like what's something that's that's different. Like you like disc golf. That's your like current jam right no, now. That's my current jam. And sports in general. Yeah. Let's talk about sports in general. <laughs> yeah. She knows that I love sports, and I've played them and watched them and enjoy them a lot and then you go through these spaces where you love specific sports more (laughs) yeah you know it's just what i do (laughs) but understanding that even in those joy times you know if you know if i need to go run around on a soccer field for an hour and even though you would rather do something else Mm -hmm. you may you know it takes time but you may then learn to understand okay let him go do that and understand that by him being able to do that, he gets to be more himself mm-hmm. and, and and build a better relationship with himself through that. So then he can then bring that into our relationship. Yeah. Like this is something that we have now that we have a requirement that me time it's huge. is huge. Yeah. Like we really, really, really support each other in having time alone yeah. just with ourselves. And doing things alone. Like, for mm-hmm. me, like, my time alone is hiking. Yeah. And going out for walks. Like, I love that. And I think that that just having that space where I'm allowed to just be alone, do my thing, be in my own energy, mm-hmm. just, you know, have fun with myself and, like, build my relationship with me and nourish me. Mm-hmm. Fill my cup up. I have more to give to you. I have more to give to us. I have more to, more to give to the relationship. Yeah. But also creating a balance where mm-hmm. you're doing things alone, you're doing things together, mm-hmm. but not too heavily in one direction. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of relationships which are, you know, where people are just like glue con- consumed by each, <laughs> each other, other, which may seem like this beautiful infatuation. But oftentimes in those types of relationships, you're 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 losing that hold of yourself. Yeah. You know. Everything becomes a we. Yeah. And that that can be dangerous long term. Because then sometimes when your partner becomes a reason for you to find fulfillment, Mm -hmm. that you're not really taking responsibility to do Mm -hmm. for yourself because your job, your partner's job is not to fulfill you, is not to make you happy. No. It is their job to be the mirror, Mm -hmm. to be the support, to be the reflection and it is your job to share your happiness, your fulfillment with them. Exactly. And I think there's there's sometimes the, the, there's the the other extreme as well, which is like, 
you're not doing very much together at all. Mm -hmm. You're just sort of in a relationship because maybe it's comfortable or maybe it's familiar or... That's what you're supposed to do. Supposed to do, but you're not connecting. You're doing too much alone, so then you're not being able to to grow and connect together through things as well. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. I want to touch a little bit on human design because I know learning about our human design was game changing (laughs) for our relationship. So um, I've been, we've both been studying human design, I would say. Yeah, I would say you a little bit more than me, but I've definitely been picking up a lot more of it lately. Um, So I found human design last year and I'm a projector in human design. You already know that. Ben, what are you? <laughs> I'm a manifesting generator. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just learning of that about ourselves was so game-changing. 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 Because most of it, like, you got, I, I like, the reason I love human design a lot is because it's not a self-diagnosed thing, like an INFJ thing, or I'm a, an Enneagram, what is it, eight or whatever, seven or eight, mm-hmm. I don't know. But human design is actually a physical, like, it's an energetic blueprint, right? Right. Of your soul. And I have a human design podcast already on human design. So go listen to the podcast I have on human design. Um, And learning that was so, so, it it made a lot of sense why we are the way we are as people. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you first found it and sort of, you know, dove into it like you do with most things and told me about it and looked at my chart and all these things. And at first I was like, okay, here's another, you know, another personality thing. nonsense, you know, it's, <laughs> here's a horoscope thing. Here's an Enneagram thing. Here's a, this thing or that thing or whatever. And, you know, I've, I've been down those roads a few times and none of them have really clicked for me. Yeah. But I think with human design, the, the, the biggest difference for me anyway is it had a little bit more of a practical approach to it. You know, it made more sense. It wasn't just, you know, oh, you're a Gemini and these are the Gemini traits or, you know, things like that. It it just, I don't know. It had a much more practical approach talking about, you know, your, your general design of, you know, for me being an MG, a manifesting generator, and then my profile and then it like it breaks it it continues to break it down. You know, you have these different channels and these different gates and it can seem a little overwhelming yeah. at first. But as you recognize sort of the interconnectedness of it, it it by far makes the most, most sense, sense of anything that I've learned. Yeah. And that's why I have started to dive more into it as well. And I think just because it has been so game-changing for us, both individually, like learning about how I operate and then testing that out and and realizing like, holy shit, this works. Yeah. But then also bringing it into our relationship and saying, holy shit, this works. Yeah. It's like it's been tested and it's been proved and it just, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree because one thing I know before I knew human design, one thing that I was telling is like, why can't you just sit still? Like we'd go on vacation (laughs) and like we'd be sitting on our chairs at the beach or whatever and I'd be having a book and I could just easily sit there for hours in the the sun reading my book. 
But you would just be like up and down. Like, five minutes is like my five top. minutes, and then it would be like building a castle, like throwing rocks in the water, and then like swimming, and then sitting on the chair. And I just like look at him. I was like, like what, something wrong. Like why are you so restless? And you're mm-hmm. just like, no, nothing's wrong. And I'm like, well, why can't you just sit still like me? Be more like me, right? Right. And learning the human design that you're an mg which is like the sports car of all the designs you have so much energy and you naturally are someone who wants to be go 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 Mm -hmm. and learning that i'm a projector (laughs) and i'm I'm a (laughs) non-energy non-energy being that means i don't have a defined sacral that i like i only have so much energy to use during the day right which is dramatically less than mine yeah like for me you know, that beach example is hilarious because, you know, it used to be where we would literally ask, what's wrong? Yeah. What's going on? Like, why can't you sit still? And now it's like, oh, that's just how I operate. Yeah. You know, that I have just buzzing energy. Yeah. Pretty much all the time. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I pass out and sleep very deeply you know because i have so much energy but i also use so much energy yeah you know and it's it's it was it's so funny to see how that's changed yeah like how we see each other yeah and it's funny because in my life i'm surrounded a lot by i'm i'm most my parents are mgs my brother's an mg you're an mg there's so many people there's so many manifesting generators in my life and without knowing that I was a projector in human design, I was like, something's wrong with me. Like, why can't I keep up with these people? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I just go, 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 and like, you know, do 50 different things in one day? And I just realized, like, when I was as a projector, I couldn't do that without feeling, like, completely, like, burnt out or completely, like, just ungrounded. And, like, just, I was, I was not happy when I had right. to exert so much energy. So now I know that, like... My my energy is like precious, and the way I use it is precious, and I've really learned to honor that. And you have too about me. Yeah, and I again, I think I used to have this expectation that you should just get up in the morning and go because mm-hmm. that's how I am. And you had an expectation that I should chill out and stop being a crazy person. But now we're just like, okay, that's that works for you. Mm-hmm. That's who you are, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest one that I think we learn is knowing that I'm a projector, which projectors are here to guide. They're literally yep. the guides and their whole entire energy works with they see deeply into other people. And whereas manifesting generators are here to do what lights them up, what inspires them to be innovative, to be creative, mm-hmm. you know, to not just do one thing like they're multi-passionate people, like they're not supposed to be linear in how they approach and live. And learning that was so unique because I used to get so, like, annoyed that why you had 50 different thousand things you love to do. Like, you would have, like, five hobbies and you would invest so much time into your <laughs> hobbies. And and now knowing that you're in, like, knowing that you're an MG was game changer because I'm like, oh, he's going to always have 50,000 different hobbies. Like, he's always going to need to be busy and he can't just do one thing. Like, I think... The thing that I saw you struggle with a lot was like your career. Yep. You know, it's like you have gone through multiple career changes in already and and <laughs> more to come. More to come. And that's going to be a lifelong thing because you're somebody who's just multi passionate. Mm-hmm. 
And that has given me so much understanding of like expecting you to just pick one thing and do it like the way I do it. Right. It's just not how you're designed to operate and designed to work. And that's mm-hmm. not how you're going to do and fulfill your purpose here on earth. Right. And versus me where I'm a projector, I'm here to guide people. I think it's you come to understand is like, I'm so intrusive and in being like, you should do this. You should try this. <laughs> I'm like always like guiding you of like what you should do and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I can't help it. Because I'm a projector, so I'm constantly focused on the other person and tuning into their energy and seeing exactly what they need to do. And I'm like, just like giving advice left and right. And I know that I used to like piss you off because you're just like, stop telling me what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's, I mean, it's funny now that we understand things because, you know, I can also respond now and be like, okay, like, you know maybe I'm not available right now for that. Or, you know, one of the other important things that we learned was that, you know, I've got to ride the wave. Yeah. You know, which basically means that when an idea comes to me. Because this is, this is because your authority is um, the emotional authority. Yeah. Yeah. Emotional authority. So when an idea comes or I'm, I'm processing something, I need a day or two to process. To sleep That's, on it. We, we've called it riding the wave because it's like you're just, you sort of just got to sleep on it and process. Where for you, you're much more instant. Intuitive. Much more intuitive and, and immediate almost. And that used to be very challenging in our relationship. You know, because you wanted immediate response from me. But I felt like I couldn't give an immediate response. So then I would just give a response, you know, which wasn't always thought through. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this has helped us learn that, okay, like, if we're really dealing with something even together pretty big, understanding that we may, like, I may need a day yeah. or two. And then we can come back to this conversation and and move forward with it yeah and like and, the way the way it works for me is i need quiet time yeah because like for me i have splenic authority which basically means that i have intuition my intuition is my authority basically and that means i'm an intuitive projector and so if you know anything about intuition it comes lightning fast it's quick it doesn't come back again but if you're not quiet you don't hear your intuition right so for me i this is why solitude is so important for me because mm-hmm. that's when i can really be in my own energy and really feel what it feels like to be my energy and know what's my energy versus the energy that I've picked up from the world. And I can then deeply connect to my intuition. And so, like, I know growing up, both my parents have defined my emotional authority. And people, they would always tell me, like, think about it. Think about it. Like, sleep on it. Like, give yourself time to make this decision. And I'm like, I don't need to do that. Like, I look, mm-hmm. I will just know. Like, that's how I work. I'm like, I'll come to you and I'll be like, I'm doing this podcast. And you're like, okay. Because it's like, because I just, I just know, you know, and learning about like knowing that there's people, different ways people make decisions and people like filter through things to come to their understanding of it was, it was so game changing because it allowed me to like step off and be like, he needs a few days to come up with how he feels, what he thinks, what he needs to do. Yeah. It just creates a lot of those understandings of each other you know of not trying to force someone to be a certain way but it it gives you answers to the questions you've had most of the relationship that we've had most of our relationship like why can't you just be like this Mm -hmm. and now it's like oh well this is why you can't be like this because you're actually like that you Mm -hmm. know it's it's helped 
so much mm-hmm. with everything in our lives and our relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. You know, going back to that unconditional love thing that mm-hmm. we talked about earlier, that unconditional love thing, <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you describe or what would you say unconditional love is? Ooh, this is a good one. You know, I'm glad you brought that up earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's interesting for me because I, I'll i tend to overlook the fact that I'm someone who can be very unconditionally loving. Not because I avoid it or anything, but because it's so natural for yeah. me. Yeah. Can I add that human yeah. design thing? Yeah. Your, your incarnation cross is literally the vessel of love. Yeah. So. Oh, I know. <laughs> so it's interesting. Like I don't, I almost don't see that as a trait or a descriptive word because it's just normal. Yeah. You know, it's not unique. It's normal in my opinion. Um, but unconditional love is, is very simply is just loving somebody something i guess somebody without expectation without criteria without proof or anything it's like i'm going to love you no matter what is going on if you're raging and going crazy and angry and pissed off and blaming me for the world that doesn't change how i love you mm-hmm. you know if you've done the nastiest thing and whatever it doesn't change how I'm going to love you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just, it, to me, con- unconditional love means that you have a foundation that is that expression of love. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to use this interesting analogy that we've talked about before is like, you have this, this home, mm-hmm. you know, imagine a home and the, the, the frame of your house, the rooms, the, doors the carpets all of that is interchangeable mm-hmm. but the foundation never changes right you know what you build on that foundation can be very interesting and very unique but the foundation has to be sound it has to be real mm-hmm. to me that is what where unconditional love sits That's a it really isn't good something energy. that wavers it is it is concrete it is the foundation that is a really good analogy and i I 100% agree that you, in the nine years that we've been together, you have unconditionally loved me. Yeah, I think. And and that's honestly been the greatest gift I've ever gotten. I think it's the greatest. Anybody. It's the greatest gift you could ever give to anybody or receive from anybody. I think being able to love someone for who they are, no matter what they're doing, how they're acting, how they're being... It's not easy. Mm-mm. It's not easy for most people. For me, it's, I don't know, maybe that's unique. Maybe it's, it's, I don't know, maybe it is unique for me. But to me, there isn't another option. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as conditional love in my world. And I think, you know, I'm blessed because I think I learned that from my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother is someone who at no point in my life did I ever think that I was not loved mm-hmm. or that I was loved an ounce less than before. Right. No matter what crazy, stupid shit I did. You weren't loved because of something. You Never. were loved for who you are. I was loved because I was loved. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. 
and I'm I'm so grateful for that because yeah. that's where I learned it from and why it's just so normal to yeah. me. Yeah, and I definitely agree that our parents model they do what love is and mm-hmm. what love looks like. And unfortunately, a lot of parents model what conditional love is because they love yeah. cho- their children based on conditions. Yeah, and you know, like, like yeah, I'll admit I'll, I've you know pissed my parents off or like made them upset or angry. But it's, it's so, you, I don't know, it's so interesting to think that, you know, when I look back at my childhood, even today, you know, the 30 years of my life, not once did I feel like I was ever loved less. Right. Their love yes, for they, you didn't change. Yes, they may have been angry or upset or something, but their love didn't change. Like, right. that is unconditional love. love. Yeah. And, I I just don't know any different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and I I, I definitely th- see you as a teacher of unconditional love because yeah. I have learned so much from you about what unconditional love is and how to be unconditional unconditionally loving, and that's something I definitely definitely have learned. Yeah, to grow into more and be more of, um, which you've done. Yeah, I mean, over nine years, I can say that. You were almost a completely different person nine years ago. Oh, yeah. And I think where you are today, I could say that you at least, you, you deeply understand what unconditional love is and you, you embody it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was like a foreign concept. Right. And I think your ability to unconditionally love somebody else is reflected in your ability to unconditionally love yourself. Yeah, I think so. And I, I've had a hard time understanding it as a more inwardly focused thing you know unconditionally loving myself I can say that I definitely do um, but I've also realized that unconditional love isn't the only part mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's it's good to have the foundation but you do still have to build a house too right you know yeah a foundation without a house is just a slab of concrete <laughs> right so it's it's interesting yeah um I want to ask you, what would you say are the three key components to having a thriving relationship? Or let's just talk about our relationship. What do you, what would you say has been the three components for us getting to nine years? Cause you know, we did, we weren't almost going to make it. <laughs> That's a story for another time. Yeah. We've we've been on a roller coaster for nine years and experienced most, more than almost anyone who's had a lifetime together. Yeah. And I'm, it's been tough. It's been challenging. It's been beautiful. And I wouldn't change a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, but there was a lot of learning to be had. Yeah. Um, What I would say is, to me, the most obvious number one, which we just talked about, is unconditional love. Yeah. You have to have unconditional love. Because if your love for that person, if my love for you wavered mm-hmm. or changed, we probably wouldn't be together today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... I would say that that is the key to a lasting relationship and one that's going to be deeper than anything you've ever experienced Mm -hmm. is being able to have unconditional love for that person and seeing that person for who they are underneath all the nonsense that they may be spewing right now. You see them for who they are and you love them. 
I agree with that, but I'm going to add something because I know I have said this to you so many times. Love is not enough of a reason to stay together. I agree. If you love somebody, I agree. I don't think that's enough of a reason to stay with that person. I agree. Because yes, love is what binds us and connects us and um, is kind of the foundation, mm-hmm. but it, I do not believe it is the reason I agree. for uh, to stay together. I agree. I think, yeah, I think that would be one of the three, mm-hmm. no doubt. But I mean, I have unconditional love for anyone and everything. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm going to be in an interrelationship with everyone because I have unconditional love for them. Mm-hmm. You know, unconditional love is not just, just reserved for those intimate partners in your mm-hmm. life. You know, I, I mean, the most obvious point is I learned it from a parent. Mm-hmm. So a parent towards their kid is probably one of the most beautiful pieces of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. But I would say that it is probably, it's not the only thing, but it's probably the most important thing to have in a relationship. Is love. Is unconditional love. Is unconditional love. But I want to ask you is, I know, because I know we've been there. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we were going through our, like, you know, our little speed bump. Little one. <laughs> um, I remember commenting, telling you, like, how come is it, how come it is that I love you so much, but I just feel like it's not going to work between us. Yeah. You know, and in that I realized that, yeah, like you can love someone but not want to be with them. Yeah. So then I'll add in number two, mm-hmm. which to me is individual authenticity is the, is the way I'm going to describe it. Mm-hmm. Individual authenticity, mm-hmm. which basically means you have to show up in a relationship real, honestly, authentically. Real. What, yeah. however that looks however yeah. vulnerable that is however messy that is yeah real i mean that's that's what about to our relationship down is that for me i you've always been someone who gave me your true colors no matter what and it freaked me out for a long time but even you know the the problem was that for almost our entire relationship i was showing up as a version as a facade of who I really am. Mm-hmm. Now today I would say that 90% of the time I'm showing up as myself, mm-hmm. which is why we are now engaged and happier than we've ever been in our relationship is because I, I figured out step two, which <laughs> is to show up authentically, to show up real. And, and I'll, and I'll, I'll speak to people who, who are the pleasers and whatnot and, and, and understand that, it's not easy. It was it has not been easy for me to do because it felt like I was I mean I spent essentially 28 years thinking I was somebody that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then to suddenly start to say, "Well, who am I really?" Mm-hmm. It's it's challenging. It's very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have a hard time with it still. Mm-hmm. Still learning about it, but I think it's important to just embrace it mm-hmm. and and to be with a partner who who honors and respects that from you yeah and i mean you've always told me i just want you to be real i just want you to be real and I, for me i thought i was mm. you know until i actually chose to look at it and be like 
well, who am I really? Mm -hmm. And when I had a hard time answering that question is when I realized that, you know, all this flooding of stuff came to me, which is, well, maybe I'm not who I think I am. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. I feel like I, I, the one expectation I have in all my relationships, even friendships Mm -hmm. is authenticity. Just be who you are. Just be yourself. Give me the real you. Just give me the real you. And if like, if you can't be the real you, how can I have a real relationship with you? Yeah, because I think, I mean, we we hit a speed bump at basically year eight and a half, which about ended it all. And I think that came down to the point where it's it's kind of like you can be with someone and you can love them, but that does only last so, so long. long. And I think we hit that point where it was like, okay, like, we're at the end of that line. Something something else needs to change. I need the real you now. Mm-hmm. And it was a big wake-up call to me, which is what really instigated me looking into into myself and building a better relationship with myself. And, and we went backwards in our relationship for a year to build the best relationship we've ever had now. Mm-hmm. And I know that for a lot of people, that may last longer than eight years. I mean... For two people that are both just being inauthentic, Mm -hmm. you may last 20 years and then suddenly wake up and be like... Midlife crisis. Like, yeah, midlife crises are usually because someone someone or both people wake up and say, wow, I haven't been myself for 20 years. Yeah. I need to be myself now. Yeah. And the earlier on in your relationship that you can recognize and support each other in that authentic expression Mm -hmm. individual Mm -hmm. expression the deeper your relationship will be or the earlier that you will understand that maybe you're not the best partners yeah and you can find that 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 better partner for you yeah i mean a lot of people will i mean it's not i mean look the divorce rate it's 50 percent now or something like that i don't look into it much but it's something like that and that's not because People just don't get along. Yeah, it's not because something changed in the marriage system or it's okay now. I mean, I think that's part of it. But I think it's just because more and more people are sort of waking up. But it's kind of like you're waking up a little too late. Mm -hmm. You're already married. Maybe you have a kid. And then you wake up and be like, holy crap, I haven't been myself forever. Mm -hmm. This is who I am and this is not who I want to be with. Yeah, and I heard people often say it's like I've lost myself in this marriage. Yeah. And it's like you, you have to find yourself and early in your life as you can Can. and bring that into your relationship yeah Yeah. and i think as a a parent's job is to is to keep is to be the parent where your child never loses who they are Mm -hmm. you know you 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 help that child be embodied in who they really are yeah so they never end up losing themselves to begin with to, to to gain love approval acceptance whatever it is yeah um, that's a really key thing. I want to add that I think authenticity is is you allow yourself to be authentic and you choose to be authentic when you choose to grow. Yep. When you choose growth, when you realize that you're not a defined variable or a rigid fixed person mm-hmm. who can't change, you know, who is this is just the way I am. I 
that statement just like pisses me off it's like people aren't just the way they are they have been conditioned and taught to be that way yes. therefore we can change that and be some other way we can yes. unlearn that and learn a new way yes. to be right one that's more in alignment with how we really want to be how we really want to feel what we really want to do more of who we really are and i think that only happens authenticity is like a manifestation of when we choose to grow yes Absolutely. That's beautiful. Yeah. What would you say the last thing is? The last thing... You know, it's hard to sum up a relationship in three words. <laughs> three key components. Because I think there's a lot that goes into relationships. But I would have to say... I'm going to use three words in, in one. But I would say communication, honesty, and understanding. Mm-hmm. Which I think all relate to each other directly. Being able to communicate clearly, be real and honest, but also be understanding it is so integral mm-hmm. to a relationship. And to be very transparent, I would say that that, that is probably st- still our biggest challenge today. Mm-hmm. My biggest challenge today is effective communication and understanding and I think you know when you're connecting with that person in your life and you're choosing to spend the rest of your life with them whatever that is for you being able to be real through your communication is going to make everything so much easier Mm -hmm. and the hard thing that I've realized is that sometimes being honest and being real in communication can be a bit vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It means you've got to face things that maybe are uncomfortable. Or, or admit things to yourself. Admit things to yourself. Usually when you're communicating with someone else about something that's going on, you also are, yeah, admitting that to yourself. Yeah, it's like and, a self-responsibility. And that's hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, anyone who does this well will know that the clearer the communication, the simpler the things get, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The reason parts of our relationship have been so damn complicated isn't because things are complicated or we're getting not, we're not, we don't get along or we're so different. It's because we're just not, one of us, usually me, is just not communicating very well about what's going on. Mm-hmm. This, know, and, and this comes back to the authenticity it thing. It does because I think because I was so inauthentic, you know, there was this time period, I remember, like a, like a year ago, where I didn't want to be that version, that old version of myself anymore, but I didn't really know what the new version was, so I was in this weird limbo state, and my communication was awful, because I didn't know how to communicate at the time, because how I used to communicate, I didn't want to do anymore, but I didn't know how how to better communicate now. So it's like, there is a process to it, but it's like to me just being being authentic in your communication is about just literally speaking what's going on don't filter it don't manipulate it or make it sound better or make it sound worse just say it as it is yeah and you're if your partner can't handle your truth then you shouldn't be with them yeah the blunt way of putting it yeah you know it's that's that's think that's why i tied in understanding Mm -hmm. you know you have to be with someone who is understanding and you yourself have to be understanding. If someone's going to come to you and just say, I'm having a shit day and I'm feeling 
super vulnerable and I'm feeling defeated and I'm feeling all these things. And it may bring, you know, like you feeling that way may bring me down. Mm -hmm. But if I have an understanding that this is just something that's going on right now Mm -hmm. and you're communicating that clearly to me, then I can be present with you Mm -hmm. and we can work through it together. Right. Because we're a team. That's a team. That's communication. That's what a team does. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And I think... (laughs) Two days ago, we had a shit day and it was, you know, we were just sort of both in kind of bad moods and we were bringing each other down. And every time we tried to communicate, we were in this like blame game. And I look back at it now and it's funny because it was just like everything we knew just went out the window for a day. But at some point, you know, later in the night, we kind of were like, all right, you know, screw it. Like it was a shit day. Let's move on. Yeah. You know, and we went to sleep and we woke up and we're like, okay. Today's a great day. It was sort of like we tried to communicate. <laughs> we tried to be understanding. But I think I think that day we took a lot of time apart. We did because sometimes, it, I guess in a, in a strange twist, sometimes the best communication is just some space. Mm-hmm. You know, understanding how to communicate doesn't mean talk all the time no matter what. Yeah. Sometimes you need to understand that, hey, I might need some space or I may need to go meditate or go on a run or something then i can communicate yeah like, i need i need to get my own thoughts and feelings yeah. clear before i can communicate them you to can't you. just force communication always yeah like understanding and, and authentic communication sometimes need a needs a prerequisite yeah i, <laughs> I think know? communicate the prerequisite to communication is having clarity and that clarity sometimes comes when you can just be with yourself and just feel into what's going on and what's right. triggering what's upsetting you exactly. and then clearly be able to communicate to your partner yes um what would you say has been one of the things that being in a relationship has taught you about yourself. Cool. A lot. Just I think one thing. <laughs> I think being in this relationship oh, for me, I think being in this relationship with you particularly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has taught me to be myself. Yeah. Like in a very simple manner. Because you from the day I met you are so uncomfortably honest at times with yourself and real and authentic. It freaked me out for a long time until those days where I like now I look at it and I'm like, it is the biggest blessing that you've ever given. I've ever gotten out of this relationship. It's I had an example Mm -hmm. in you about how to be myself Mm -hmm. and what it takes and what it means and how to do it. Mm -hmm. Because it it was like learning to walk again for me. Mm -hmm. And I think it it is that piece alone has completely changed my life. Mm -hmm. It has. Mm -hmm. Which has come out of this relationship because prior to you I was on a trajectory to live this way my whole life. Mm -hmm. You know? But I met you, and it all changed. Do you love wake-up calls? Because you are my wake-up call, too. Yeah. Wake-up calls are the best. Nine years ago. <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> yeah. So I think just, yeah, learning to be myself. Mm. But I'm curious now. Yeah. Yeah. 
What would you say is the best thing you've learned? I think the thing that you have taught me is that I can be loved for who I am. Hmm. I don't have to change a thing about me. It's okay to be yourself. Mm, no, it's it's I can I can be loved, loved for, for who, who you I, are. Yeah, I can be loved for who I am because mm-hmm. prior to you, I didn't know what that was. Yeah, and it was shocking to me how someone could just accept me as I am and not want me to be different. And I know there's been d- days I'll go to you and be like, like I'm always in this like ooh like like. Like, always, like, okay, what's my highest potential? Like, how can it be the best of me? And you're just like, nothing. Just be yourself. And I just, like, wouldn't understand that, but I understand what that means now. And I think for me, you saying that to me and, like, being loved for who I am has just given me so much permission to be, like, I was already made whole and complete. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, I am, like, complete as a person. There's a good term for that that we've talked a bit about, unconditional love. Yeah, yeah. That is unconditional love, is accepting someone just as they are. As they are, yeah. And I often, like, my clients will always, like, tell me, like, there's no men out there who are like that. And I'm like, honey, there are plenty of men out there, because if there wasn't, I wouldn't be with one. (laughs) (laughs) And let's be real, the men are out there, but if you're not giving it to To yourself, you're not going to attract it. No. And I think I, I had that underlying layer of deep love for myself because I think this mm-hmm. is why I made the choices I made in my life. Mm-hmm. And you were just like the physical proof of the love that I already have within all these layers of conditions. We were the nudges that we needed. To, for our awakening. <laughs> yeah. For us to gain consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful process to have gone through and still continue to go through this process side yeah. by side of us in like this remembrance journey that we're on. Absolutely. And like living this conscious life of, I don't know, it's like, I think the fact that we can grow together is honestly like the best part about being in a relationship. Yeah. It's fun too. (laughs) Not like grow together to like grow to be 80, but I'm talking about like grow, like emotionally, mentally, spiritually, Beyond beyond the physicality of growth, like grow into this higher expanded beings that we really are. Yeah. We're a good team. Yeah, we are. Okay. My final question is, what is one piece of wisdom that you've learned in your life that has impacted you the most? I would have to say something along the lines of of the power of your thoughts and your feelings. Hmm. I think this, this wisdom, this idea that our our thoughts, our feelings, how we treat ourselves creates the world around us. Mm-hmm. When that really sank in, mm-hmm. it's it, it changes your life. When you because it brings your awareness inside, internally. It makes you realize that well everything I'm thinking and everything I'm feeling, you know, the way I'm treating myself the way I, I take care of and tend to myself. Inner and outer. Inner and outer is is completely tied to the world around you. Mm-hmm. The people around you, the environment, the experience of Your it all. reality. Your reality. You know, 
oftentimes people who treat themselves like shit are attracting people who are going to treat them like shit. And I think oftentimes people that are feeling very defeated or, or whatnot are often going to create experiences that are defeating. It is this idea, we can call it the law of attraction, we can call it manifesting, we can call it whatever we want. But, but to me, it's really just about the relationship between what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, and the world around me. Like for myself, I've always been someone who's kind of just a happy guy. My underlying feeling is just joy and happiness. So I feel it most of the time. And therefore, my life and the experiences around me have been pretty much happy and joyful. Just plain and simple. You know, whereas I think for you, for a long part of your life, you were someone who felt very defeated and had this worthless feeling. Powerlessness. Powerlessness. And I think you've experienced a lot of that in your life. And there's no, it's not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. You can look at anyone, you know, if it's, it's that simple analogy that most people have heard. It's like when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, as the term goes, you wake up just feeling like crap. And then as you get out of bed, you stub your toe. And then you go upstairs to have breakfast, and the thing you've been dreaming about <laughs> is suddenly just crumbs in the bottom of the tin now. And it's just how the day goes. One day, goes. one thing after another. In most people are just like, oh, it's just a bad day. It just happens. It's just no. coincidence. No, it's because you're feeling like crap, which is leading you to more crap experiences, which yeah. is then leading you to more and more and more. You're stuck in that in that loop, which is directly influencing the life and the world around you. It's not a bad day. It's a bad mindset. Exactly. Perfect way to put it. That mindset is creating a bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Obviously, vice versa. A great day is usually a great day through and through, you know. And But I think, you know, these, these just I'm waking up feeling great is, is different than choosing to feel great. Mm-hmm. Choosing to feel amazing or happy or joyful. I mean, when something bad happens, when you get fired from your job and all seems lost... If you sit in that feeling and that experience and those thoughts of all is lost, things are just going to get harder. Yeah. It's going to be worse and you're going to feel like crap. Yeah. Now, when something like that happens, if you can just say, you know what? Life is beautiful anyway and I'm going to choose to feel great. Yeah. Not just because it feels great, but also because you know that in that experience of feeling great, you are going to create a better experience for yourself you're going to allow great things to come to you exactly and i think yeah for me again it was just it was normal it was obvious to just feel good all the time but i never until i really learned what that was creating in my life you know that's when it really became something that's so important like more intentional yeah I just always was, which is good. But now I can direct it. Yeah. I can I can choose it and I can use it as a tool mm-hmm. to not just stay good and happy and joyful, but also, you know, upgrade that to something that is great, that is abundant, that is thriving. Mm-hmm. You can create your life. You can upgrade those thoughts, those feelings, and you can upgrade your life in the process. Yeah. And I think that's probably... I mean, there's a lot of things that I've learned in my life that has been that have been game changing. But I would say that, especially recently, that is 
that has been the most important thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy, did you enjoy this? I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm not used to things like this very much, and I think once I get into the groove and the flow of things, I'm fine. Yeah, you did and great. I've enjoyed it, and it's funny you made this comment before we started, and you're like, "Oh, it'll probably be like an hour, hour and a half." And my first gut reaction was like, holy crap, that's so long. There's no way I'm going to be able to do that. And we are sitting at the one hour and 25 minute mark. And I'm like, okay, it's been five minutes, right? Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think you did great. Yeah. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere, really. <laughs> uh, I guess I have an Instagram account. So Ben Davis J is my Instagram, and that's about where you find me right now. I think there'll be more to come. But right now, that's about it. And I think moving forward and, and more of a way to find me and is going to be through things like this. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about creating a podcast, the two of us talking about things like this. And, you know, I'm I'm a lot of the backbones of, of your business and... I'm kind of always there and always in, in in the mix. But I think there will be more to come. Yeah, and if you want us to start a podcast, which we have talked about starting, which is going to be on all things relationships and more, because mm-hmm. we have a lot to say and a oh, lot yeah. of things because we've learned so much oh, yeah. in our life. This is, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, if you want to hear more from us through our own combined podcast yeah. that we do together, yep. uh, let us know. Reach out to us. Email me, reach out to Ben on Instagram. <laughs> Let us know that you want. It's easy to find me. <laughs> you want us to start a podcast together. Uh, so thanks so much for talking to me today. Yeah, thanks for having and me and letting me record all your wisdom. Of course, I enjoyed it. Okay.